0: Hello and welcome. This is the Alchemy of Art podcast. We're at episode 68 The Art of Decorating. Our quote of the day was said by Laura Staley Too many things in too small a space cut off flow, block creativity, and bury beauty, much like a bad cold can make it hard to breathe. Hello everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to explore creative ways to transform our lives. Alchemy is the ancient study of changing materials from one thing into another. And we all do this every day. Whether you are a painter, a sculptor, a baker, or a gardener, every choice you make is transforming our world. On this podcast, we explore ways we can change both our physical and spiritual selves for the better. On this podcast, we hunt for the wise balance between accepting what is and taking empowered action. I am an artist. I sign my paintings with the name Vita. I teach online creativity classes and have written a few books, including The Alchemy of Painting, Developing Your Style and Purpose, and The Alchemy of Art Stories for the Classroom. When this podcast first started it was to share just stories about artists and then that morphed into artist interviews and now we've expanded our topic of discussion to include ways in which everyone not just visual artists but everyone can harness their creative energy announcements um if you would like to receive inspiring artwork and updates on my juicy new projects that i've got going on you want those sent straight to your inbox, visit my website. It's studioalchemy.art and sign up for my newsletter. I just created a new free mini lecture that's called Seven Secrets to Finding Your Creative Voice. And if you sign up for the newsletter, then you get that for free. And I've been recently creating other online classes, particularly because as I'm recording this now, we're in coronavirus time. And, you know, so Since I can't do the in-person classes right now, I've focused more and more on doing online classes. So I've got a number of them on the website, um, and you can find that, again, through studioalchemy.art. One that I created recently is called Creative Art Journaling, inspiring art and writing prompts to help you find balance in times of transition, and I made that one specifically for coronavirus time, but really, you can take it at any time in which you want to transform your life. Uh, In November of 2020, so on November 12th through 16th, there is a promo going on that I am part of, and it's really exciting. So it's called Art Bundles for Good, and what is going on is like a number of different artists got together, um, including the artists, uh, several who've been on this podcast, like Flora Tamara Laporte, and many, many, many others. They have combined all these different online classes where you can get a whole bundle of classes for just $97. And it's over $4,000 worth of online classes. So if you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I, you know, I'm gonna be, um, you know, twiddling my thumbs this winter and I want to, you know, be inspired, stay inspired and, and work on things online and then this could be a good option for you. So again, it's called Bundles for Good. I will have the link to that in the show notes. And I know that specifically you can sign up between November 12th and 16th in 2020. And I think you can sign up after that time period, but I don't know if there's a certain cutoff. Um, I can tell you that when you buy the... The bundle for $97 you're also um, supporting an organization that's called courageous kitchen which um, is a charity that helps refugees in Thailand so um, now we can get on with our topic of the day and that is the art of decorating So, uh, we're going to talk about decorating and we're going to talk about decorating with artwork because so many of you who listen to the podcast are artists. And we're going to talk about some feng shui tips that I've learned recently for creating a harmonious home and work environment. So, uh, you know, Disclaimer, I'm going to talk some about feng shui, but I am not a feng shui practitioner. And there are some parts of the feng shui method, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, that I actually don't believe personally. But, um, you know, like anything else, we, we learn about things and we read about them and then we, we, we glean what wisdom we can from it, right? And um, so I'm going to share some of those things that I've learned. Um, one of the things I did... Back this past August was a 28-day clutter-clearing challenge. And I did this through um, a woman whose name is Denise Lin, and she's written a book on feng shui and a number of other books that are spiritual in nature. And um, But this was a clutter-clearing challenge where each day we would get an email and it would say, you know, okay, today you're going to work on the bedroom and, um, you know, here are things to think about with the symbols that you have in the bedroom and and tips for cleaning out the clutter and reorganizing, redecorating, and making it work for us, right? And it was, um, it was really interesting because I've always been one of those people who's imp- pretty minimalist, except for the fact that I have a lot of art supplies, right? <laughs> but, um, but you know, still there were things that I could purge and things I could, I could get rid of, um, or just reorganize in a way that made so much more sense, so much more sense. So, for example, I knew I wanted to focus on my art studio, and so the art studio that I, that I live in now. <clears throat> it is a <clears throat> excuse me it is a small little house that was built in like 1870 1880 or so in downtown indianapolis and i bought the the studio with the intention of of having my classes of teaching my classes in the spaces i used to rent a space and um and i had to do like big renovations of the space when i bought it it felt very stale and um, stuffy because uh, for one thing it didn't have like it didn't have running AC it didn't have a functioning heater so there wasn't good airflow it had been in somebody's pottery studio so there was dust everywhere and um, there had been a lot of cats living in the house, and I love cats, but, um, in fact, we have two studio cats here now, but apparently there'd been a lot of cats in this space, and, um, and then there were, like, there was a whole upstairs attic area that had strange walls and unnecessary closets, and it was all just filthy and dirty, and I'm actually sitting in that space right now, and now, um, a year and a half later after I bought it, I've totally, totally redone it. And I mean every square. In- There's not one single part of this studio that I have not painted. So it has all new uh, paint on the walls. I knocked down walls. I restructured the, um, the uh, drywall. I put in new flooring and all, all that stuff and then of course I brought my art supplies in and I brought my paintings in. Well, one of the things I realized was that when I I I had set up the space, I had kind of set it up the way I had I'd had other spaces in the past. And so And and this is how we can get in a rut with our spaces. And then when it comes comes time to redecorate, we've got to really rethink about the way we organize things. So the way I used to have all my art supplies, I would have like all the old paintings that I had already created, but that would maybe be in future shows or I'd bring to art fairs or whatever. I had those in the basement in my house, in my last house, and not only was it not good for them because you don't want to, you really don't want to have artwork in a basement if it's slightly moist and it's not. You want it to be dry and um, have really clean air, right? But so that wasn't ideal. But um, but I had you know all the back stock in storage, and then I would go to do teach my art classes in various spaces where. I would come in with like a little cart of my art supplies, and I'm using that space, but I didn't own the space. Um, And then I I got a studio where I rented it, and I kind of dumped everything in there, but that was really just temporary because I was buying this space that we're in now. So um, I realized through the process of doing the 28-day clutter clearing that I wasn't using my rooms properly, um, for my artwork and even just for just general use. And the key thing that one person, one thing that, uh, excuse me, um, one thing that Denise Lynn said was, she said, every room should have a purpose. And that means that it's, it has one main function. Okay, and so, you know, if your living room is, the function of it is to relax, to drink your coffee in the morning, um, this is the place where you sit, right? Your kitchen, obviously, is the place where you cook your food and prepare your food. Um, so some of these, these, the purpose of the room can be obvious, but for me in my, my art studio, you know, I had a big main room. As you write, as you walk in the studio, and when I first moved in, you know the purpose had been to teach my classes. So I had all these tables; the the, the space was just crammed with tables, um, and it was even hard to arrange the tables and to get around the tables. Um, and I had artwork on the walls, of course. So it was all for sale, but I had been thinking of it. Um, in the way that you would think of it if it was a regular living room you know if you have a living room you might have your sofa and then above your sofa you have one nice painting right but um, so what happened was I had all of my stuff all of my old paintings in this back room that had just turned into a big huge storage room and Um, And I realized through the process of going through and deciding what the purpose of each room would be, that I wanted the front room to be a showroom for the artwork and to have as much of the artwork out as physically possible so that when someone comes over to look at the gallery and to see the artwork, they would be able to leaf through all of them. They would be able to see everything I've got, right? So... I realized that, okay, that should be the number one purpose of that room, so I got everything out of the storage room, and I I made it rather like, you know, like the Louvre, you know, or some old museums where they'll just stack the paintings on the wall. They'll have, you know, one on that's almost to the floor, and then another above it, and another above it, and another above that, and um, so Consequently, now I've got all of my framed paintings out on the walls in the studio. And um, all the ones that are not framed are in those, you know, those bins where you you have it at, at uh, arm level so people can flip through them and select them. So, yeah, I highly recommend going through your space and thinking about what the purpose is. And not only can that help you decide, you know, what where you're going to place things. Like I had to do this shift where I'd got everything out of the storage room. And then once everything was out of the storage room, I realized, wait a minute, I could turn the storage room into my office room. So now my, um, that storage space is my office and that's where I do my, my computer work. And I have my easel in there so I can make my big mess and, and do all my, my work. And then, of course, in the future, I will adapt the room to, you know, the, the main room to accommodate classes again, but I do think I'm going to rethink the way I do it. Like, I think I'm not going to bring the tables out because they were just so cumbersome. Instead, we're just going to have a, cu- a couple of easels. I'm going to really limit the number of people who can come in this space so that we are using that, I am using that space to the biggest purpose that it needs, which is to be the showroom so I can you know I create all this stuff I got to get it out the door so I want it want it to be seen right um and I do think it did say something perhaps about me and that I was hoarding all of the artwork you know and it's sort of holding it back and so if you go throughout your space and you notice gosh I'm really hoarding a lot of towels or what (laughs) whatever it is you might you it might say something about your need for comfort and like you know, for me, it felt, oh, like, good, I've got the, I've got the back stock. I could, I will always have some paintings available, is because I'm not showing them to everybody, but I realized, you know, I really, I create so much, it doesn't, we don't need to have, we don't need to be stingy with this, we can just let them all out, and let everybody see them, no holding back, so, um, let's see, I, do, but, you know, I do think that in general, you know, when I, when I did that, I stacked everything on the walls, right? But usually you don't want to stack things too much when you're talking about displaying your artwork. Usually you want to have one nice piece of artwork on the wall and and let it be something bigger that's really filling up the space and is of good quality, you know, sometimes you'll go into somebody's house, and they'll have like some teeny tiny little prints that are in crappy little frames, and there's a bunch of them, but in order to see those prints, you have to go way up close to them, and then squint, and then you can kind of see them, you, know, you want something that if you're standing on the other side of the room, you can see it, and you can enjoy it, and uh, yeah, I, just, I I also, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm, biased but i think that an original artwork you see the colors the richness of the texture that you can just feel the um energy that the artist put into it and i think it it can make a huge difference i i if i was helping somebody redecorate their house i would say you know don't buy 10 prints and put them all over buy two or three really nice paintings that you really that are really meaningful to you and have those in key spots. Um, and oftentimes less is more, right? So anyway, okay, so let's get on to a little bit that I learned about feng shui and what I, I really think were good takeaways that you could apply to your artwork. If for those of you who are artists. Okay. So what is feng shui? Feng shui is the traditional Chinese practice of making, A home or work environment look balanced and harmonious and the term translates to wind water so feng shui literally means wind water and in Chinese culture the wind and the water are associated with good health and so we want to bring wind and water into our space um, I kind of like to think of it very literally sometimes, in that, you know, we want to, if it's a nice day, open up the windows and we let the wind in and we, um, you know, that because that's going to be good for your health, right? Okay. um, Feng Shui identifies five important elements that you want to bring into decorating your space they are wood, metal, earth, water, and fire. And this can literally mean bringing in pieces of wood, pieces of metal, uh, earth, which could be dirt, (laughs) water, and fire. So for example, if I made an arrangement on a wooden table with a metal statue and a potted plant that has dirt in it, (laughs) a fountain, and a candle, I would be incorporating all five elements, wood, metal, earth, water, fire. Or the architectural details like the trim work around the room, pillars, the floor, and so forth. Those things could be made of these elements. And then, of course, you can incorporate those five elements, either literally or symbolically, with the artwork on your walls. So, for example, I can have a landscape painting with a mountain in the background and a river flowing in the foreground. And this... Uh, could symbolically be incorporating earth and water each of the five elements they represent these different things okay so for example wood symbolizes growth and vitality so if you place wood items in your space you can encourage personal growth that's one of the ideas behind feng shui so if you add wooden furniture to your space um it can represent growth in your life um I also like to think of the five elements as bringing balance when they're used proportionally so if a room is decorated with all five elements it's going to feel warm and inviting um, if however you have a room that's made of all wood or all metal then it's gonna it's gonna be overwhelming to you so you know like I, I mean, that's the way I feel about it. Like, if I go into a space that's one of these, like, wooden log cabins and the walls are wood and the furniture's wood and the floor is wood and all the decorations, all the tra- everything is wood, 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 wood. It's just, it's too much, right? I mean, the, and this is, this is my personal opinion. But I, this is one of the things that really resonated with me about this idea with feng shui of creating a balance of the different elements. So, you know, the room I'm sitting in now, I have a wood floor. I have, um, you know, painted white walls. I have, um, you know, a vase with flowers on the table. Um, you know, so I can, I can incorporate the different elements, but it's not overwhelming because I'm not just dominated by one element. Makes sense? Okay, so here's another important concept within feng shui and that is qi so qi is a flow of energy and um other cultures have different names for this like in um in india um it's prana so when when you walk into a space you want to easily walk and flow throughout the space you don't want to be impeded by oh let's say you walk into a room and you, you, the door knocks on a, a big box that's sitting there right in the, the path. Or, um, you know, you walk down the hallway and there's, a, there's a, a side table that has this sharp point and then you're always hitting your hip on it. Like that's, that's not good flow of energy. You want to be able to easily move throughout the space and not be impeded by anything. Now we're getting to the the one part of feng shui that I actually don't agree with it doesn't resonate with me personally and it might resonate with you that's absolutely fine. I'm of the belief that if you, you know, like if I I look and I read about, you know, let's say, you know, I'm reading ancient Greek philosophy just because some of the things that they say might feel dated to me that doesn't mean that they're isn't some wisdom that I can glean that I can apply to my life so this is this is one of those things there's a, a concept within feng shui that's called the bagua the map okay and what that is is a symbolic representation of each spot in your space and what you do is you take this this map and then you put it over the lay out of your house, and then you figure out that, oh, the back bedroom is in the wealth corner, and the bathroom is in the family corner, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but there's lots of controversy over the Bagua map, because, you know, some people say, oh, well, if you're in the west, if you're in the, um, excuse me, northern hemisphere versus the southern hemisphere, you would turn the map a different way. Or um, you might turn the map so that it's facing where um the front door is always at the bottom of the map or you might have it so that you know north is always at the top of the map or what it is so there's different ways to orient it and i have just the map thing doesn't really make sense to me what makes more sense it is if i go into a space and say it's the kitchen well the kitchen is where we eat our food the kitchen is where we're symbolically and literally nourishing ourselves. So we want to bring in um, images into the kitchen that are nourishing and um, colors into the kitchen that are warming and inviting. Whereas the bedroom, maybe because that's where we sleep, we want it to be calm and um Uh, cool and collected and the space for relaxing and quiet right and then so we would bring in images to the bedroom that are quiet and and would bring about that sort of an atmosphere that we're going for so the artwork we want to be designing our space with artwork that is creating harmony so what tone is it that you want to bring into each room of your house do you want uh, you know we're just talking about the bedroom you know i was saying well i want a peaceful atmosphere in my bedroom well maybe actually you want a really romantic atmosphere in your bedroom right i had one uh old boyfriend who in the bedroom he had all these movie posters and, I mean, and it was just crammed, like, the, every square inch was filled with a movie poster, and most of them were violent, where, you know, maybe you have the main character, and they've got a sword in their hand, and, and whatnot, and I personally just, it's not what I would have chosen, I wouldn't want to bring in violent images into my bedroom, because I, it's where I would, I want to feel peaceful, Or maybe you want to feel romantic, or but certainly going on an adventure with a sword is not the atmosphere that I want to be um, bringing into that particular space. So if it had been me, uh, you know, maybe I would bring the movie posters into the living room where I always watch movies on Saturday night, or whatever. Okay, another thing to keep in mind when placing artwork according to Frank Shui principles is to leave some empty space on the art around the artwork. Um, and I know that's the exact opposite of what I was telling you about my, my gallery space and how I just redecorated it. Um, which by the way, I'm going to be on my newsletter in a few weeks here, sharing images of before and after from when I redecorated. So, you know, again, if you're, if you want to, uh, If you're interested in both what I'm talking about and you kind of want to see what the gallery space looks like, I'm just throwing it out there that I'm planning on sharing that on my newsletter. (coughs) So, um, let's see, what was I saying? So, but in my gallery space, I really filled up all of every square inch because that is helping push my purpose of the room to share the artwork. But normally... (coughs) you want breathing space and you don't want too many pictures crammed on the wall you don't want teeny tiny pictures on a you know big huge wall you want for this for the size of the artwork to be be um, in balance with what's around it and even if you arrange like a bunch of items neatly if you have too much it can really feel chaotic so instead of scattering an array of paintings, hanging one single large artwork, um, I think will do the artwork more justice in and it of itself. So, another interesting feng shui concept I keep saying, there's, oh, here's one more, here's one more. <laughs> so, it is the concept of choosing pictures with water to represent abundance. So, a lot of the books on feng shui will say you know you want images of water near the front door um, because you want to be bringing in the flow of abundance like imagine like you open the front door and then water's just spilling in uh you know not literally but if you have images of oceans of fountains of waterfalls or even fish um in the paintings that are right by the front door, um, or or anywhere you want to bring abundance, um, that is advised. And I think it's really interesting that idea of the fish. Um, you know, with it, there's a, a lot of people really um, love looking at artwork and and the different images within it, and and thinking about well, you know, fish is abundance, or um, you know, the dove of the dove is peace or you know so on and so forth you've got all these different symbols um when you're placing the artwork around your home you want to have symbols that are positive to you you want to have symbols that represent the things that you value and the fish one um i've been thinking about lately because i um i think i shared this in my my episode on uh, visualizing health a couple of episodes ago, but I had this dream about fish and the fish coming in to um, eat up the bad guys in my home um, that looked like little grubs. And so you know, since then I've just been noticing fish more, you know, you know how it is when you, one thing happens and then you start noticing that thing over and over again. I've noticed fish a lot, Um, you know, whether it's on the menu at the Chinese restaurant or just, you know, any, anywhere there's fish, I've been noticing it. And, you know, why would fish represent abundance? You know, maybe because if I was a, a fisherman and I went out and I cast the net and then I brought in a whole bunch of fish well oh yeah now i have a ton to eat that's abundance Um, so perhaps that's why fish represent abundance in chinese culture but, you know, so th- these, these symbols can be obviously cultural, and they can change from culture to culture. You know, the black cat, for example, um, where I live in the United States, it's generally thought of as, ooh, the black cat is sort of the bad witch's cat or whatever, whereas um, in England, it's good luck, right, if a black cat crosses your path. So, um, you know, these these things can be culturally determined. But... You know, maybe there's also a certain point at which symbols aren't just important according to one particular culture, but maybe they're universal. And that's when we get into archetypal symbols, which we've also talked about on this podcast. (laughs) But, you know, to reiterate, um, an archetypal symbol is ideally something that no matter what culture you are in, it will mean the same thing to everybody. So, you know, a mother symbol, you, you can't get more basic than that. The mother is, it's mom, it's the provider, it's the one who gave birth to me. And that symbol is primal. It's, it's universal to being human. So one of the things I think about when I'm creating artwork is I want to try to create artwork that will resonate with people no matter what their culture is or even you know in a hundred years when my culture has changed hopefully it will still resonate with them because they are seeing themselves in my artwork so when you are placing artwork that either you have created or that other people have created throughout your home think about that you know what symbols represent positive good things like abundance to you um, and how can you bring that in either through a symbol or through colors and where would you put them you know like we talked about the kitchen you know and if in the kitchen we want the the comfort of food you know we, we get that we get our nourishment from the from the kitchen, right? But what would represent nourishment to you? Would it be, you know, a very Thanksgiving cornucopia, um a, you know, image of a bunch of different uh pumpkins and, and squash falling out of a of a, a basket? Um what what would mean nourishment? So and it back to my twenty eight day clutter clearing. It was really fun and challenging to do it within that span of time. Of course, decluttering can take years um, or even it's just sort of a constant thing because we're always, you know, oh, we got a new pair of socks. Well, now we kept the old one. So, you know, and then you, you just things pile up, right? Even if you hate shopping, which I personally hate shopping, stuff still piles up and you have to be clearing it out and sorting through it. But um, one of the, the um, concepts that I love about clutter clearing is that clutter is any item you don't use and love. So I'm going to repeat that. Clutter is any item you don't use and love. Um, the artist William Morris said, don't bring anything into your house that is neither useful or beautiful. Oh, I'm, I might not be getting that quote exactly right. But it was a very famous quote, William Morris said. And what he means by that is that you, you don't want anything to come in to cross that door if you don't love it for some sort of sentimental reason and or you're not going to use it. And it, ideally... What Morris is saying is that you have only items that you that are useful and you love them. So, you know, maybe you have a set of dishes that are beautifully hand-painted. So to you, they're, they're just spectacularly beautiful. You love them. They have sentimental value and you're using them. They're useful. Um, but if you've got stuff that's, it might be beautiful, but you absolutely never use it you know, it might be clutter. Um, and I personally just I just feel so peaceful when I've gotten rid of stuff that I know I don't need and I know I'm not using. One of the spots that I didn't get to in the 28-day clearing, which I finally got to this week, is my garage. And in the garage, you know, I had all my tools and I've gotten into doing a lot of woodworking and stuff, but I, I wanted to put all the tools on the wall so that I could easily see them and then grab them and use them um, whenever needed. And, um, but it took a while because I had to build the wall. <laughs> and then finally I was able to reorganize. But man, I mean, now that I've got things up in a way where I can see them clearly. It's so much more functional. And I did end up getting rid of some things where. Like I had three saws. And the reason why I had three saws. Was because each house I've lived in. People left the saws in their, in the garage. And then I say oh okay. Well then I just, is, they just piled up. But I certainly don't need three. So we got rid of some. Okay. So. Going back to our quote of the day. So let's see. This quote was said by Laura Staley. Too many things in too small a space can cut off the flow, block creativity, and bury beauty, much like a bad cold can make it hard to breathe. So what she's saying here, she's saying that, you know, you can have too much of a good thing. Right? And so, and if you've got too much stuff, you, you're not going to be able to f- function well in the space. You're not going to be able to move in the space effectively. And it might even block your creativity. And that's the part I think is really interesting about this quote. Because if... And th- this is the way I feel about it. So I know not everybody's got different levels of, of clutter. They can stand and whatnot. But if... If you, your rooms are just filled with stuff like old newspapers, old bills that you've forgotten to pay and things are just stacked and, but whenever you see piles like that, it brings your creativity level down because you look at it and you think, oh, I should get to that, but you don't. And then, um, then it just sort of weighs on you. Whereas if you, you don't have any of those tasks to do, um, you know, I said, I said clutter is anything that you don't use and love. Another thing I've read, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I don't know who came up with this concept, but that clutter is anything that represents a decision you have not made yet. <laughs> so, you know, say you have a pile of papers and on the top of the pile of papers it's like trip to Alaska blah 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 blah. so you're thinking about going on this trip to Alaska but you haven't officially decided so if you're going to actually go or not so you've just kept this sheet of paper and then it's just sitting there and instead of taking the action to just okay we're gonna go or not let's throw that piece of paper away it's sitting there it's a it's a decision that just has not been made yet right so so consider for our you know questions to ask yourself, <laughs> consider how your environment and the things that you have in it and the things you've decorated with, what are they showing you about yourself, and in turn, you know, if you are an artist, if how is your environment shaped by your artwork? For example, with a painting, you know, you've got a frame around it and it and you've got it on the canvas and it's going to be put on the wall and that format can really dictate so much that you you know, it does have limits. It, it limits what you can do within that space. And yet you have choices. You know, I could make the frame wood, I could make it metal. Um, you know, I can I can do different things with it Um, heck I could even make the painting itself on metal Um, there's all sorts of, of ways we can change up the artwork but still using it in the environment in a similar way so what are you going to do to change your space to reflect your vision of the world so for those of you who listened to this episode because you thought, oh, de- redecorating, I I love redecorating. I love looking at Pinterest and decorating magazines. Yes, that's great. Now, how are you going to change your space to reflect your vision of the world? I'm listening to a, a book right now that's about being a minimalist, which I can't say that I'm a minimalist because uh, I'd have to get rid of tons more stuff. We talked about decluttering, but I would really have to pare down even more. But I do like some of the concepts of the minimalism, um, especially in in terms of, you know, being kinder to the environment and, you know, having less plastic crap that's just going to be end up in the landfill. So, there's so many different ways. I'm just using that as an example of how I might change my space to reflect my vision of the world and what I want to be embodying and bringing into the world. You know, through Through our artwork, we share our values and what we believe to be sacred. And sometimes people don't even realize this. This is something I've I've noticed over the years with teaching art classes people will will you know they'll come in and they'll be like I really want to p- paint um deer or or whatever you know they'll have something in their head that they're like I want this and and then through talking to them about that symbol well what is it why do you want deer why why is that so important to you oh well it reminds me of this wonderful sacred moment years ago when i was in the woods and on a, i was going on a quiet hike by myself and then i encountered a deer and it was this really beautiful sacred moment to me well you know it's it's that's oftentimes memories like that are the roots of why we are drawn to certain images and And you know, then we can we can really turn that up and think about how is that showing us what we value, right? So through artwork and any object that we bring into our home and work environment, we can shape the space and we can make that space feel good. You know, more than anything, I want for any, you know, every student I've ever had, I want for them to feel empowered to shape things. And that's, we're getting back to the alchemy of art. We're shaping, we're, we're taking materials and we're restructuring them to create a piece of artwork. Or we're going into our home and we're rearranging and taking things out and putting things in to redecorate the space. We are shaping it. And this can be very empowering, I think, to realize that you have with your own energy the power to recreate that and to make it feel good if it doesn't feel good why doesn't it feel good think about that okay so in closing this concludes our alchemy of art podcast may these thoughts and stories comfort and heal your spirit may you be filled with inspiration May you be like the lotus flower and build your home in the muddy water. May you find your voice. Peace be with you.